0: Welcome to a playoff edition of the Punt Return Podcast. After a successful Wild Card weekend, we're back at it again for the divisional round. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Daryl Woodford from Stats Insider. Daryl, how are we? Yeah,
1: good. Um, exciting week. Like NFL playoffs, yep. um, Australia Open about to start, big batch in full flow. No into
0: it. Yeah, exactly. And basketball always heating up as well in the NBA, always after Christmas in January as we approach All-Star Weekend. Um, that's always a, a good time to, to really get into the NBA. Um, so yeah, there's a lot, a lot going on. Um, we talked about last, last week, uh, the wild card round. Underdogs went two and two straight up and four and oh against the spread. Um, that was the same. Sorry, two and two. That's last season. They went two and two straight up and four and oh against the spread. Um, that trend continued last week with three road teams winning. Um, and Dallas being the only favorite to win outright and the underdog, yeah, went a perfect 4-0 and against the spread. So two years in a row now, the underdog is 8-0 and against the spread in wild card weekend. Um, different from gambling, but poor Cody Parkey, that's, it's a rough way to lose a game. Thankfully that got overturned to a, a blocked kick rather than a missed kick. Um, cause that can really mess with your psyche. <laughs>
1: Yeah, do you think the um, change in the way that it's been statistically kept will resonate with him?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. I don't <laughs> think it, the damage was done by fans booing him and, and whatnot. Um, uh, I said um, on the show and in in the article last week that he would missed three field goals within 40 yards, and that could play a, a part in this game, and that's uh, basically what it came down to. Um, but, yep. yeah, the division round, you know, you've got new challenges. You've got bigger spreads across the board. The lowest spread is New England minus 4.5, and, and that was close to the biggest spread last week, Um, so, you know, it's always unique in terms of division rounds because you have four teams that are coming off their bye and you've got the other four teams that just finished playing, you know, for their lives in the playoffs and a lot of them on the road, so, um, you know, you've always got one team, you know, banged up and and still on a high against a team that's well rested um, and typically with a better record as well, so that's always something to to bear in mind in divisional weekend, but before we get into all of that, let's uh, recap our results from last week real quick. Um, you didn't have too many bets last week, but the ones that you did, um, especially the the strongest one of the week, uh, the under in the forty eight and a half, the Colts Texans, um, that was a winner for you guys.
1: Yeah, the under forty eight half in that one. Um, as you say, we basically passed on the Dallas Seattle and uh, Baltimore Clippers game. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah, you know, one and one with the Eagles um, covering the plus six total didn't go over there. So yeah, profitable weekend. Um, I also bet, as I said, I bet personally Clemson in their national championship game. Um, yep. That was one of the model lights earlier in the week. Yep. Uh, by the time we got to the end of the week, it was no official bet. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it was a good game. I enjoyed that one.
0: Yeah, I, I think I had my greatest ever week um, betting in the NFL and uh, football probably in my lifetime. Um, I went 10-1 across all my bets last week. Um, Colts plus one and Colts money line, depending on which one you went there. Um, I just classified that as one. I just took the money line um, and the yeah. under forty-eight and a half. kick kickstarted my two and zero start. Um, Seattle plus two and a half covering in the most incredibly lucky of ways. And I've seen some videos of people that were on the uh, either the plus two, uh, sorry, the minus two and a half or the minus three for Dallas, um, tearing their hair out at the. Uh, so the injury to the kicker kind of saved my bacon there. Um, over <laughs> forty-two and a half as well helped there. So four and zero there, and then the Chargers plus three and money line both won. Um and they looked good for a long way, but they made me sweat a little bit. But six and zero there, and then Philly plus six was a winner, and the Bears minus two and a half. Cody Parkey managed to kick a field goal, um, in the first half as time expired. Um, so that managed to lob as well. Um, so that was kind of weird. So that those bets don't really correlate no, to each other at is. all. It's not very smart uh, betting at all. But anyway, I'll take it eight and zero, and then Clemson. I was all in on Clemson plus five and a half. Clemson money line. Um, and I missed the under. By half a point, I thought it was gone after the first quarter, but it sl- started to slow down. So, um, unfortunately, uh, I lost on that one. But 10, ten and one for the week. Um, yeah, I, it was it was a great week. So naturally, fade me this week um, as I uh, regress back to the mean here and, and probably go zero and seven or zero and eight. Um, and my Colts crash and burn and, and, and leave me in a, a corner of despair. Um, but yes, uh, let's look at the futures really, really quick. Um, we talked about it last week. You said some of the value is probably in the Philly price. Um, if you did yeah. take them, you could probably cash out now at a pretty good price. Um, but just looking at sort of the Betfair prices, um, no one really stands out, I, I guess, unless you're confident on, a, on one of the underdogs here, like like the Chargers um, at $11, uh, given if they do beat. Uh, New England, and even if the Colts win as well, then the Chargers would have a home playoff um, ASC Championship game. So that that price could be could be interesting at 11s. If you can get anywhere around 13s or 15s for them, um, it's very rare people are sitting above Betfair, but um, it yeah. is something to something to look at.
1: Yeah, like you say, I think. Obviously, all the underdogs have come in um, with their wins, so I think there's a bit less value there. We still don't like a lot of the top end of the market. I mean, we're yep. more or less in line with the market on. Um, Kansas City, I think we think the Rams are slightly worse than the market. The Saints are probably about in line. So, yeah, not a ton of value, not a week to kind of be betting futures. I think you're better off focusing on the game market. Sweet. Yeah,
0: definitely. I agree. So let, let's uh, let's get into Divisional round, but first, a word from our sponsors. Looking for a bit of a leg up on the punt this weekend? Or you love your NFL, but you're not sure where the value is? Get a
1: sneak peek with Stats Insider's free subscriptions with featured games each day to give you the boost over the bookmakers. Head to statsinsider.com.au and start your free trial today. Always gamble responsibly.
0: Okay, Divisional weekend. Um, I talked about... Uh, overall wildcard weekend last week to to kickstart that. So I've got a couple of stats here. Um, So uh, since 2003, home teams in the divisional round are actually 24, 35, and 1, a 41% win rate against the spread. Um, But away teams uh, are just 5 and 15 straight up. Um, So that's something to monitor as well. So you get these big spreads. So that's something to, to really consider there um and then according to uh the gold sheet which is a uh, a betting uh publication a favored teams laying a touchdown or more of 46 38 and 3 against the spread in divisional round since 1975 and there's some really good stats um about uh in particular cheering for teams coming off the bye um it's been mostly a small profit um from betting against them Surprisingly, 8-11-1 against the spread off a bye week um, in the playoffs. But the Patriots are the, the lone exception to the rule. They're 5-2 and two against the spread in their previous seven games. And in the last five years after the buy in the playoffs, they're 4-1 and one against the spread. So that's something to consider. But let's look at the first game. Uh, my Indianapolis Colts uh, against Kansas City. Uh, the Indy money line's around $2.90 to $3.00. And KC around $1.40 to $1.50 depending where you shop and, and look around. The spread is flat five. It was five and a half yesterday. It's moved it's moved to five now, and the total is 57. Uh, Darrell, what have you got for us?
1: Yeah, we like Kansas City in this one. Um, so we made this Kansas City by about a touchdown, um, just over a touchdown, 32-24. Um, as was kind of a projected score, a bit of rounding involved there. But, yeah, Kansas City minus five is the uh, green section first, so... Um, although I'm, lean, I'm kind of a Colts fan as well, so well, yes. kind of
0: a <laughs> <Yes, Darryl. laughs> bit of
1: a mixed bag in that one for me, but with, um, the model's going against them.
0: Yeah, I mean, this one is um, not me being a homer at all. I do think KC win this game, but just the way that this these two teams are set up and the way the matchup looks likely, I feel like it's just going to be a field goal in it. Um, potentially, you know, the Colts might be up by four and, and a touchdown wins it for Mahomes um or you know a field goal wins it for for them late uh it just could be just be could be one of those games so uh the chiefs they're 1 and 11 overall and 1 and 11 against the spread in the playoffs since 1994 um uh, but Andy Reid he's 20 and 4 straight up with an extra week's rest um and 16 and 8 against the spread so um that's something to consider after a buy um for the chiefs so you've kind of got two trends there that kind of Cancel each other out a little bit. Um, KC, they're 7-1 and one straight up at home this season. As I said, I do think the Chiefs win this game. But uh, Andrew Lux 9-4 and four against the spread on the road when playing teams that have eight or more days rest, the best mark for a quarterback in this spot since 2012. And the Colts typically have Kansas City's number. So they're 12-4 and four against the spread in their last 16 games against Kansas City. And they're 7-1 against the spread straight up. Um, so straight up and against the spread in their last eight games on the road in Kansas City, so they have no qualms going into Kansas City um, and and playing them. So uh, I do think the Colts, you know, don't have don't have any fear at all playing against this defense and this team. Um, KC were ten and zero against non-playoff teams, but two and four against the teams that are in the postseason. Um, so they are quite vulnerable there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Chief, the Colts, they threw up 191 passing yards last week in the first half against Houston's fourth-rated DVOA defense. Now they're t- now they're facing the, the Kansas City Chiefs that have allowed the second-most passing yards per game this season. Um, and so I do think they can put up a lot of points. I do think the Colts can run the ball as well. We'll get on to DFS a little bit later in the show. But I do think um, the Colts can run the ball here against uh, this Chiefs Defense and it's something to monitor as well. The Chiefs they, they averaged a the league worst eight point six penalties per game, um, so those could come at bad spots in this game. We've seen penalties kind of um, extend drives or, or kickstart drives, and you know, and it could be the difference between kicking a field goal or being in field goal range there. So that's something yeah. um, to consider. Yeah, I think
1: it's the one thing we need, to, we need to watch in that game is just the weather from both a DFS and a betting perspective. Uh, I think yeah. I'm not saying that's not a roof on that stadium, and I think they're expecting a snowstorm Saturday yeah. um, and Saturday night. So it's one where the weather, I think, could dictate a lot and one where you might want to hold off until a bit closer to game time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's that's what I was about to say about the total as well. Uh, is I like yeah, I like the over, but I am waiting till game day morning or, or 10... Ten minutes before kickoff, I need to see the, I need to see the stadium. I need to see the conditions because um, I think both these teams are built for an over type game. But if the weather dictates that, um, you know, and changes what what the philosophy could be in this game, then I definitely think that's that's something to monitor. I just think K- Kansas City have actually played a lot of under games. I think five of the last eight at home have been under, but they've played against some really bad offenses like Oakland, Baltimore, Arizona, Jacksonville, Denver. Um, And then same with the Colts. A lot of their games have been under, but they've played against poor opponents as well. Jacksonville, Miami, Tennessee, Houston, um, all those types of teams. So when the Colts actually played like really good offenses, it went over when they played the Giants, when they played the Patriots, things like that. So the Colts defenses actually faced the easiest opponent slate of offenses, according to football outsiders. um, The Giants being the toughest they've played since, since their winning record started in, in week seven. So, I do think both these teams, you're oh. getting a kind of a smaller number than what it p- could be, even though 57 does seem quite high. Um, but I do think both these teams can, can score 30 points easily. Um, you could see like a 38 35 type scenario, I think, in this game. But it, as you said, most importantly. Um, if there's a snowstorm, um, then it's it's definitely going to be something you just avoid the total. What's
1: the Cubs' last um snow game? Was it the um snow bowl Bills game?
0: Yeah, against the Bills, um, last yeah. season. Yeah, that was a um a crazy game. I think they ended up winning that in in overtime. Um, it was a low scoring affair, but that was like deep, deep, deep snow. Uh, I'm not sure whether they're expecting snow during the game. Um, I think if it does snow during the game. I think that favours the Colts. I think they are a better running team um, right now with no Kareem Hunt for the Chiefs. I think Marlon Mack could have a big game in the snow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In one to watch, I think there's just so many permutations there and um, certainly one I'll be interested to keep an eye on the models updates for as we kind of get the, the weather conditions come in and increases in certainty a bit.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the good thing about that... Um, that game is that it is the first game of of the week, so if it is going to be a really snow heavy game, then you can adjust your DFS lineups accordingly as well.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yep. All right, the second game uh, also outdoors. Uh, there's only one game indoors uh, this round, uh, but there's no snow storm expected in LA. Um, but Dallas, they're they're Maybe close. The to... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they're close to four dollars here against the Rams, um, and the Rams are about a dollar twenty five to a dollar thirty. Uh, the, the spread is minus seven and a half, and the total is forty nine and a half. I was hoping potentially to get LA minus six and a half. I don't think I can get it anymore. It's 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 going the other direction. So this might be a game that I they that I sit out on. I'm most confident, I guess, in terms of the big spreads in the Rams covering this, but at the same time, I'm a little bit worried about the matchup. Um, and I'll talk about Zeke in a minute. But what's the model like here in this game?
1: Yes, we have this LA by about 10, 31-21. Um, LA minus 7 was kind of an orange section for us when I made my uh, review on these last night. Uh, yep. If it moves to 7.5, I suspect that will drop us out of orange territory, so we'd probably be passing at 7.5, um, orange at 7, and probably green maybe at 6.5 or 6. Yep. Um, Slightly lean towards the over, 2% lean towards the over, not enough to bet on the total. Um, so, yeah, the only thing that would interest me is the Rams if I can get them at a decent price.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so they are 7.5 at places, but there's still flat 7s around at a lot of places from just a quick yeah. quick scan there. So, yeah, uh, minus 7. If, if you are confident in the Rams, that now would be the time to get it. Although you, you never know, you see sort of reverse line movements on game days and things like that when and when some of the real big punters, on, especially in playoffs, they wait until the last... The last morning, um, you know, because of the Dallas weather. Also,
1: Dallas also a bit of a public money team, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So that that surely comes over the weekend. Um, yeah. yeah, one of the most yeah popular teams. People buy into them a lot. Um, for me, uh, this is a stat that also applies to Indy as well. Um, teams that play their home games in a dome uh, are twelve and forty-four straight up overall, um, and four and eighteen. straight up in games played in 30 degree or colder temperatures during the playoffs. So 12 and 44 just straight up outdoors um, in the playoffs. Um, But they're also uh, 4 and 18 straight up um, in games played in 32 degree or colder temperatures in the playoffs. So that's something to to monitor. But the key for Dallas here is Zeke. It's just all Zeke. Run Zeke. Um, The Rams are the worst team in the league against the run. So this matchup couldn't be any better for Zeke Elliott. Um, he's the only truly impressive part of this Dallas offense. Um, they need to establish the run and, and try and just pound the rock. 25 to 30 touches for Zeke. Keep the ball out of the Rams offense's hands. Um, force some frustrated uh, throws or play calls and, and hope that their defense can hold on for dear life. Um, I think that's the plan for Dallas. Seven is a lot in a playoff game, but since 97, the Cowboys are 3-9 and nine overall and 3-9 and against the spread during the playoffs. Um, but it is, it is worth noting the Rams, since their, their last playoff victory in 2005, they've been outscored 83-30 to 30 and failed to cover both spreads um, in the playoffs. But saying that, last year they were a very young team, very inexperienced playoff team. I feel like they l- learned a lot from last season, so um, that's something to, to monitor as well. Um, the Cowboys, they've lost seven straight playoff road games and they're 6-13 and 13 against the spread in their last 19 games against a team with a winning record. Um, and they're 3-5 and five on the road this season. So, you know, away from that dome, it's going to be tough for them. Um, but, yeah, I do think the Rams just going to have too much firepower for them. They've topped 400 yards of offense in all of their home games except one where they only managed just a pity, disgraceful 377 yards, Daryl. Um, so it's, uh, it's looking like the, the Rams will finally get their offensive groove, but if they can't slow Zeke down, I do think Dallas could cover this spread, but I do think the Rams uh, win this game.
1: Yeah, I say. I completely agree. It's a Rams win, and it's just whether they cover the spread or not.
0: Yeah, definitely. Okay, this game this is probably the game of the week. Uh, the charges at New England. Charges, the money line price around $2.70. New England, $1.50. Uh, $1.40 at some places as well. New England, minus four. Total is 47 What's the model like here? Yes,
1: um, yes yeah, so like the charges could be in that one, so... We've got that at the moment as an orange play on the Chargers. Um, so plus four is kind of a seven percent edge at the moment. Um, slight towards the under. Um, the money line also kind of a viable option for playing the Chargers at two seventy or slightly above that. Um, overall, make that one Patriots by one. So twenty four twenty three. So the plus four can view a decent kind of margin over that.
0: Yeah, and this is this is one expecting some weather, some weather as well. Um, you know. And then, again, you know, the the Chargers do play, or the Clippers, as you like to call them, do play outdoors, but they do play in the warmy, warm temperatures of L.A. and, and previously San Diego. Um, so, you know, a snowstorm definitely benefits the Pats, who are, who are accustomed to playing in that weather and have played in, in one playoff games in snowstorms before. Um, they know how to do it. Um, Bill Belichick, you trust him a lot more than Anthony Lynn to, to game plan accordingly um, for this game. But, uh, yeah, it's... It's kind of an interesting game where you've got uh, the Pats who are 8-0 straight up uh, this season at home. They haven't lost at home against the Chargers um, who are undefeated outside of California. Um, They've won nine road games this this season, um, so they're 8-1 straight up. The only road loss was was Oakland um, uh, in California, so uh, that's something to monitor, so there's... Immovable force meets immovable object, or, or whatever the uh, physics saying is there um, in this game. But the Chargers—they're five and one against the spread in six road playoff games with Philip Rivers as their starter. But the Patriots—they're fifteen and zero straight up and twelve and three against the spread in their last fifteen games as home favorites. Um, in the Belichick era, the Pats are nineteen and three straight up, twelve nine and one against the spread in twenty-two home playoff games since 2000 i talked about at the start of the show and and last week about underdogs being on a huge run since uh new england won the super bowl in that upset against atlanta the underdogs are on a 14 and 1 against the spread run the only one there is the titans in this round last season at home um just destroying the titans um so that's something interesting and the chargers for them the key is 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 getting to Brady. They had seven sacks last weekend in their wildcard game. When Tom Brady's been sacked three or more times, the Patriots are 39-43-4 against the spread in all other games. Pats are 137-76-5 uh, and five against the spread there. So they need Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa um, to really get a lot of pressure, beat their tackles. Um, the, historically, the way they beat the Patriots is to rush four linemen, get constant pressure without blitzing um, because Brady can easily beat the uh, beat the blitz by uh, dumping it off to running backs and, and getting a lot of yards after the catch. So um, I'm sure Ingram and Bosa have watched a lot of Von Miller and Justin Tuck, um, the two sort of most successful guys to, to end Tom Brady's playoff runs um, here. A lot of the focus is on Rivers versus Brady when it's really Rivers against Belichick and uh, Bosa and Ingram against Brady really um, in this game. So um, despite all the hate, for, or not the hate, but a lot of, uh fear mongering about the Pats not playing as well or not finish finishing the year strongly and things like that. They still finish top ten in both points scored and points allowed per game. So um that's something to monitor. And then the Chargers, you know, they've played the Ravens twice, the Broncos and the Chiefs the last month. The the poor O line's been banged up. Finally get some relief here. Um New England's defence has just thirty sacks, the second fewest in the league and their run defence allows four point nine yards per carry, third worst in the NFL, so that could be a way to to beat the Patriots, uh, so my heart here says the Chargers plus four is just a great bet. They're they're a better team. They have got a better record. Uh, they're road warriors. Uh, my heart's been in this spot too many times where I just know New England will get some sort of lucky call, or uh, they'll just be charging, charging by the Chargers. Where it's just errors and missed field goals. A lot of a lot of people miss field goals in New England in Foxborough, so. My uh, my head is saying charges plus four is a bet. My heart is saying tread carefully. New England probably probably roll in this game, but um, the plus four is just too hard to ignore in the value there, so I'll probably be taking the charges plus four and hating myself for it when New England win by 30. Okay. Um, last last game. Yeah, last game. I'm just sick of New England. They've been in there enough. I just want someone else in the final. I want Philip Rivers to, to make a Super Bowl. It'll be fun to watch. Or, or the Colts. Um, or even the Chiefs, uh, any of those three teams. Um, I'm sure people people call me a New England hater. That's fine, um, but yes, it, it just be good to see someone else in there. Um, but we are towards the end of this Patriots dynasty, so maybe one more one more run to the Super Bowl could be it uh, for them. But uh, Philly, the, speaking of Super Bowl runs, Nick Foles can you do it again? Uh, they're 4:30 money line. New New Orleans a dollar twenty five. Uh, the spread New Orleans minus eight. The total is fifty-one. This is the only game indoors. Uh, this is a rematch from a few weeks ago, where uh, the Saints just flexed and destroyed them, forty-eight to seven. Uh, but New Orleans haven't really been the same team since. They haven't topped three hundred and seventy yards um, in the six games since, getting outgained in four of them. Kind of relying on defense and, and situational football to close out the season, and they rested players in week seventeen as well. And then the Eagles have just transformed after that game. That was kind of the butt-kicking they needed, I think. Um, they've done an amazing job on defensive and offensive lines. They've played really, really well, um, very similar to, to how well they played last season um, and done a good job of protecting Nick Foles. So that's the difference here is we've got better line play and a different quarterback. But what's the model like here in this game?
1: Um, not a lot from betting perspective. So we made this 30-21 to New Orleans, um, so... You know, not, more or less in line with the market at um, eight. Um, if you took Philly kind of last week in the kind of the futures market, I think that's probably all the interest you need in this game. Um, yep. Otherwise, I think from a betting perspective, I don't have much interest in it, but it should be a good one to watch.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I'm, I'm least confident in New Orleans uh, than I am, say, the Rams uh, sp- of the big spreads this week. Uh, so... I probably will take Philly plus eight just because it's just a big spread for for a playoff game. I always kind of just take the dogs here when the spreads are, are quite massive. I just feel like it lends to to the closeness and, and teams being you know tense in in the playoffs. So uh, yeah, I do think the Eagles are, are well, but look, a lot of trends point towards the Saints. They're ten and four against the spread in their last fourteen games. They're fourteen and two straight up in their last sixteen games at home. Um, the New Orleans—they're five and zero at home in the playoffs since Sean Payton took over as head coach in 2006. But the Eagles—they continue to get the job done as underdogs. They're five and two straight up and against the spread in their past seven games when uh, being the, being the underdog. Um, so you know it's it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Eagles win this game. We saw it last season. We saw it last week. Um, but New Orleans—they are four and one straight up and against the spread in their previous five matchups against the. Uh, against the Eagles. The key here is just the offensive line um, and defensive line of the Eagles. Um, It's just pivotal. They need to get to Breeze as much as possible, or Michael Thomas could have a really big game and destroy Avante Maddox, who we saw Alan Robinson take advantage of. Um, And yeah, Philly owned the third worst pass defense in the league. So even Mitch Trubisky threw for 303 yards. So now you've got Drew Breeze in a dome, um, it's going to not likely work in their favor at all. Um, but they also need to protect Foles. Um, so, you know, when he got time last week, he actually made some plays against the number one rated Bears defense. Also threw some costly errors um, under pressure. So if the, if the Saints can get some pressure on him, then it could all be over. But the, the key here, I think, is Philly. If they can hold the, the uh, Saints to field goals, they have a chance in this game. So as I said last week, Philly lead the league in red zone defense, allowing a touchdown just 44.6% of the time. But New Orleans, um, they scored a touchdown on 69.6% of the time in their red zone trips this season, fourth best in the league. So that's uh, going to be the red zone battle is going to be key in this game. But I'm going to lead towards plus eight. Um, I like the over towards um, just if you can get flat 50 as well. I just think uh, both teams here are capable of, of scoring points in the weather in the dome. Um, Philly could have scored a lot more points last week. They, they blew a couple of drives late. Um, same with the Bears as well. So I do think over 50 could be a way to go here and i think 4 of the last 6 games for the playoffs um for new orleans in in the mercedes benz dome has been uh, an over as well there are touchdowns and then there are oh my
1: experience a true touchdown with a stats insider premium subscription that's nfl predictions and value plays for every game giving you the ultimate edge against the bookies touchdown in every way possible this season head to statsinsider.com.au and start your free trial today gamble responsibly
0: Okay, last week we didn't uh, actually officially do a lock of the week because we uh, did the extra Clemson game instead. But here we go, the lock of the week. Uh, this week for us, we finally have some agreement. So we, the lock of the week last week would have been the under in the Texans game. Um, but uh, we can't uh, we can't go back time and just re-edit the pod now and add that in. But um, we've just spoken off air and we've agreed to uh, make the charges plus four our uh, lock of the week here in divisional round, um, which just seems... Insane, given it's a it's a road team <laughs> against New England, against Brady and Belichick in the playoffs. But here we are, uh, the Chargers plus four. Uh, you know they were just a just a record off having the home field advantage and being the best team in the AFC. So um, you're getting over a field goal, uh, yeah. some line value there. Um, so they're you're
1: like side of a key number in that one.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, even at three and a half, it could probably still be a play. But yeah, the plus four is you know getting that flat four is a nice number uh, for you uh, given. Given the way the scoring works in the NFL, it's not too bad at all. All right, let's uh, let's get into some DFS real quick before we wrap things up. Um, all right, let's start. Chiefs, Colts. Uh, who who's the uh, fantasy insider lineup cruncher like this week in that game?
1: Yeah, it's been an oddity this week looking through the cruncher. There's kind of one position in each game that we really like.
0: <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> um, so yeah,
1: the Colts game. So um, two tight ends, Kelsey and Ebron. I think you kind of your better have tight end picks. Um, and whilst nothing massively stands out at quarterback in any of the games, I think the two in this game, particularly obviously with the highest total of the week, um, yep. Luck and Mahomes, kind of both viable options as your quarterback this
0: week. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that's – for me, I, I, I went a different direction on quarterback later on in, in the week um, just because I think you're getting a little bit of value. But I do think Luck and Mahomes, one, a lot of those guys will be in my lineup as well. Um, but I thought I'd just mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I like uh, Kelsey as well. And speaking of tight end um, – This matchup is especially tailored to tight ends because the Chiefs and the Colts are top four um, in fantasy points allowed to tight ends. So the Colts have allowed the most receiving yards to tight ends in the NFL, while the Chiefs have allowed tight ends to enter the red zone 10 times this season, so second most in the league. So look for Kelsey to wrap up uh, plenty of yards and Ebron maybe to to score a touchdown or two here in the red zone. So I do uh, like that. Would you potentially consider, given the high total and if there is no snow, playing uh, two tight ends this week in a lineup?
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely viable in the playoffs. Uh, there's just obviously you're just trying to get your touchdown targets. Um, yep. And given the pricing of tight ends and wide receivers, I think the two tight end lineup is viable.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and my other one is is Marlon Mack. I talked about the KC run game earlier. So Kansas City allowed an average of five point yards, sorry, five yards per rush attempt on defense, which is 31st in the NFL. The Colts' offense just rolled up 200 yards on the ground against the DVOA's best rush defense in the NFL and now gets to play the DVOA's worst rush defense in Mm -hmm. the NFL. Um, Throw in Andrew Luck. um, And yeah, you you can see, uh, you can't really see them getting blown out. If uh, if they can uh, keep in it and Marlon Mack have a big game, that could be a way to go, especially if there's a snow game as well. Marlon Mack um, could potentially be um, a good play here. Um, getting plenty of touches as well. All right, moving on, uh, Dallas and the Rams. Um, so what position stands out for this game?
1: This <laughs> is where you'll be getting your wide receivers this week. <laughs> um, so I think Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods are kind of your two decent value options, um, both with reasonable potential, 49.5 total, both potential for touchdowns. Um, I think they're kind of the two standard options of wide receiver.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree with Robert Woods. Um, he's tallied at least seven targets in 13 of 16 games this season. Um, and has a matchup against cornerback Anthony Brown of the Cowboys. Um, he's been pretty below average most of his career. Um, 209 targets and allowed 15 touchdowns and a, and a QB rating of 104.1. So I think Goff to Woods could be could be a key. And he's also taken some, running, some carries and things here and there as well that can give you a few little extra points on top. And uh, Ezekiel Elliott as well. 21 or more touches in nine consecutive games. Um, He's averaged over 153 yards from scrimmage per game. Um, And yeah, as we said before, the Rams, they're, in terms of uh, rush defense, one of the worst in the NFL, and they rank 27th in fantasy rushing points allowed per back. So um, look for Elliott as well to catch a few passes. I think he caught four last week um, as well. So there are always a little bit of bonus points as well added on top of just his insane workload that he should be getting if the Cowboys want to win that game or cover that spread. Uh, all right, Chargers and New England. What position are we getting here?
1: Uh, it's just the running back positions. <laughs> uh, James, James White, I think, is a good value play. Um, and Sonny McHale also kind of stands out on a dollar for point basis.
0: Yeah, uh, so I I agree with uh, James White as well. Um, I like Tom Brady here. I know he's hasn't been a great fantasy tight end this season, but over the last four years, he's played in 11 playoff games, Uh and um, has totaled at least 35 pass attempts in each game. He's thrown for at least two touchdowns in 10 of those games, um, including each of his last six games, and he's thrown for nearly 300 yards in 10 of them, an average of 290 um, in those as well. So it's hard to ignore Brady at home um, this season, and I think against this... uh, Defense. We could see a lot of quick dump-off passes to James White. Um, in the playoffs, he, he really likes targeting running backs as well. But I don't mind a handcuff with uh, Julian Edelman, who averages six catches and 70 yards a game as well. Um, all right, uh, the last game of the week, Philly and New Orleans. What position are, are we getting here?
1: <laughs> um, a little bit more mixed here. So yep. I've got, uh, got Aguilar who's five thousand at draft stars. I think um, it's just way too cheap. Uh, yep. Mark Ingram is 83-60 I think he's a viable play. And then if you're playing at uh, quarterback later in the week, I think Drew Brees is finally a better option. One of the better options.
0: Yeah, um, I like that we're on the same page a lot with DFS this week, and and they're not obvious names. So James White, Robert Woods. Um, And and then Nelson Aguilar, a a really cheap option. I like Nelson Aguilar this week as well. I think he has a great matchup against Eli Apple. He kind of drew Prince of Mukamara last week, so he only kind of finished with three for 32. But um, he's had at least six targets in each of the past three games, um, and he's 13 targets since Nick Foles took over. So I do think uh, Aguilar could have a really good game here against Eli Apple. So um, I do think... In this game, in this dome, um, I do think the total will go over. I do think Nelson Aguilar is a great matchup, and the obvious matchup is Michael Thomas. Um, yeah, against uh, Avante Maddox uh, last season, he just got uh, last week he just got absolutely destroyed by Alan Robinson. So the Eagles have allowed the most receptions, yards, and fantasy points to opposing lead wide receivers this season, including four for ninety-two and a touchdown to Thomas back in Week Nine. So I think uh, Michael Thomas, um, if you can afford him, is a is a good play this week as well. Um, I think that wraps up. Any any lock for a DFS? Uh,
1: it's hard. There's obviously a limited pool of players. Um, I think like there's a few of the names we mentioned that um, would be in sort of 60%, 70% of teams. Um, but having said that, you, it's a week where you might want to vary things up a little bit in your different lineups. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you've... I mean let's see we've got um Kelsey that we agree on, um Robert Woods that we agree on, yep. James White to some extent that we agree on and old So they're all kind of um players that you could expect to have a reasonably high ownership of.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think of the three that we agree on, I think Kelsey's just the most confident one that I am. I just know that he's gonna have a big game against the Colts. So he's gonna be the sort of the centerpiece of their offense. It's the way to it's the way to attack the Colts. So um uh, I do think that he is a guy that's probably been a lot of, a lot of my lineups probably 90% of my lineups this week so I live and die by Travis Kelsey this week. It's not a bad way to go uh given how good he's been this season. Uh all right, Daryl, any final thoughts on divisional round and uh yeah, we'll look forward to next week uh discussing the conference championships. Um it's it's come to an end quite quickly.
1: Yeah, conference championships. Um then Super Bowl. But yeah, um no, real thoughts I so say obviously Um, Good to have kind of the games spread out a bit and um, some decent viewing coming up over the weekend.
0: Yeah, exactly. I agree. And, uh, yeah, good luck to everybody. Uh, Hopefully you'll fade me this week after my week last week. Maybe uh, uh, follow the model this week, Um, although me and the model are on the same page on a couple here. So that's... um, Interesting to note. But as always, you can follow Daryl on Twitter at DP Woodford. You can follow Stats Insider on Twitter as well at Stats Insider. Great time to sign up, as Daryl mentioned at the top of the show, with uh, tennis and Big Bash and NBA really starting to heat up here. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL and on Twitter at NY. And until next week, uh, goodbye.